Welcome to Everything's Messy. It's episode two. Yay! I'm so excited. First of all, we didn't get canceled yet. (laughs) Um, So that's a good thing. Second, I want to thank everybody that had listened to episode one. I loved the feedback. I loved the engagement. Please keep it coming. Again, if you have questions or you want to share something with me, send me an email, everythingsmessy at gmail.com. I'm also on Instagram, Everything's Messy, and Facebook. So reach out, send me your questions, thoughts. If you have any disagreements, I want to hear them. Uh, Remember, my whole thing here is telling you, sharing with you, what has worked for me and what hasn't worked for me and the whole journey and the process that I'm figuring out, you know, things and trying to share them with you. I am not a doctor. I do, I'm not giving any medical advice. I am simply sharing what has worked for me. And I'm okay if you want to reach out and disagree with me. If you have other stories to share, remember, no two people are alike. Everyone is different and everybody responds to different things. But I would love to hear the feedback. Uh, Let's have a dialogue about it. Let's talk about it. And so, you know, please don't be afraid. Let's talk about whatever the disagreement or agreement or, hey, I tried this or, you know, what, whatever it is, let's talk about it. So that said, thank you again for everyone that listened. A big shout out to all of the people in Australia who are listening. I'm so excited about that. Um, it just blows me away that, you know, we're halfway across the, you know, under the world and you guys are listening. So I'm really excited about that. I hope that you're getting something out of it. If anything, you're laughing at me and that's okay. I will take it. Um, again, I just want to make this something where we can help each other and support each other. And again, if you're disagreeing, Hey, that's great. Let's have dialogue about it. Um, I did do a poll on Spotify of carnivore versus vegan and carnivore one. That's not to say that there isn't a place for vegan or people who are choosing to eat that way. I totally respect that. Again, for me, it just doesn't work for me. So, and I am still trying stuff. And let me be very clear when I say this. Um, So you have a before picture and an after picture, right? Usually in diet ads or something like that. I am not the before picture anymore, but I am very much in the middle. I am not the after picture. I'm not there yet. This is my journey. And so I think the middle part doesn't get talked about enough. You see all of these people in their after pictures and that's great. That's, those are accomplishments and I want to be one of those people. But right now I am all the way in the middle and I'm trying to figure it out and I'm trying to get a hold of this health journey and figure out, you know, the best things and the levels. And I really, really want to share it with everybody. And I hope, you know, those of you that are further along on your journey, tell me what it looks like. Tell me what you've done. Those of you who are just starting out, I want to make sure that you know you are not alone. Yes, it is hard. It can be frustrating, but we are all here to support you and we just want to make sure that you feel supported and we we don't want you to quit because in the end, at least I feel, it will be worth it for you to have a great health journey. So again, definitely in the middle not the before picture, not the after picture, but I'm working on the after picture. I'm trying to get there. So that's really important that you guys know that. And so really this episode, I'm just going to talk a little bit about um, the heart attack part. I just kind of want to give some background on that. And then I'm going to get into some factors that I've learned, um, you know, things that can contribute and, and things like that. 
I want to be very clear. Again, I'm not a doctor. I'm not giving medical advice. I'm saying what's happened to me and what I'm doing about it. Um, and also for women, taking care of ourselves, having that stress release, whatever that is, and really paying attention to our bodies is so important. So I, before I had my heart attack, I had really severe pain in both my arms. I could barely lift my arms over my head. And I was told it's a pinched nerve or you just have a strained muscle. Um, somebody said it might be frozen shoulder. I had gone to the doctor about it. They had said, oh, yeah, maybe it's frozen shoulder. It'll eventually go away. Um, I had I have trigger finger in my um, right hand, and so they thought maybe that was all part of it. I didn't want to do a lot of extensive diagnostic testing at the time because I was, you know, hoping it would just go away. Come to find out that was one of the symptoms of having uh, blockage of your arteries. And I had no idea. Most of the stuff that I had read about, you know, heart problems, be back pain, jaw pain, you know, extreme fatigue. And, you know, yeah, I was tired, but it wasn't anything that I was uh, complaining about, Um, you know, with three kids and working and all of that it just it didn't seem abnormal to me but very interesting to me this heart this uh, arm pain that was basically a warning sign telling me there is something wrong with your heart and I will say it was more extreme in the left than it was the right but there was times where it was both and it was painful my husband had bought this you know massager thing where you could like really get into a deep tissue massage it never went away it never felt better and yes maybe that is the stupidity of me for not checking it out further but I just it never ever crossed my mind it never dawned on me ever that there was something wrong with my heart ever and I think you know as women we are such the caretakers we're taking care of our families we're taking care of our husbands we a lot of times we overlook or put off what some what might be going on something wrong with us And I really feel like we need to, you know, focus on that and make sure that our health is at the forefront of, you know, being taken care of as well. Again, my whole journey, especially with the type 1 diabetes, my endocrinologist and everything, they were always very, make sure you're taking care of your kidneys. Make sure you're taking care of your kidneys. That was a very big factor. You know, I'm sure everybody has seen the movie Steel Magnolias. She has complete uh, kidney failure. And, you know, she was a type 1 diabetic. It was a very sad story. It's actually a true story. I believe it was her brother who wrote that movie. Um, And so you see something like that and you are told you have something like that. So you think, oh, my gosh, I don't want that to happen to me. So always, you know, drinking lots of water, making sure that I'm getting the, you know, urine test done every three months, making sure that the output is correct and there's not, you know, any protein in my urine, things like that. But no one ever, ever said Think and worry and pay attention to your heart. No one ever said, let's check your heart. Let's, you know, figure out like, and I'm not sure that I would have agreed to a pre, you know, angiogram. Maybe, I guess it would, I think it would have had to depend on the education that they gave me on what I was dealing with. And again, I did go to the doctor for my arms and no one ever said, well, let's look at your heart. You know, you're getting older, blah, blah, blah. And I just... I failed myself and I, you know, I, it could have been a lot worse than it was by the time that I actually had the cardiac event, right? It had been a lot of stress, you know, moving back and forth, 
which takes a toll on you whether you even if it's a good move even if it's exciting there is a lot of stress that comes with it and then making sure the kids are okay making sure your husband's okay you know that's a lot of things to carry on top of living with chronic illness and things like that you just don't think the worst is going to happen I certainly didn't think that so here we are we had moved um it was the second year being in Colorado and you know I think I had mentioned if I never see snow again I would be okay no offense to anyone out there who loves the snow that's great to me I used to love to visit the snow as well but visit is very very different than actually living in it it is a whole different a whole other different way of life to the way that you have to warm up your car to the way that you have to drive in it to the way like all, there are a myriad of things, including bundling up, right? You have to bundle up to go outside. And then inevitably you're helping, you know, the kids bundle up, takes 20 minutes, and then somebody has to go to the bathroom. So you have to unbundle and then bundle up again. Very frustrating. I'm so used to and so spoiled living with the weather in Southern California. You grab your keys, you go out the door, usually in a sweatshirt and flip-flops and you're good, you know, shorts, pants, whatever. But it's not, you don't have to think about what you are going to have to take with you in Colorado that was a whole different thing on top of the season was longer you know I have family that live in Pennsylvania and they would say oh no our snow months are from here to here and they could set it as clockwork in Colorado it would still be snowing in June in June and then the first snow could come as early as September so you didn't have a lot of time where it wasn't this you know bad weather and it just was a complete different way of life. So here we are, it's February and it's snowed and I'm like, okay, I need to go shovel the driveway. We're gonna have to get out and go you know, to the places and whatever. And it was a lot of snow, a lot of snow. Interesting fact, especially having the heart attack event in Colorado, apparently many, many, many heart attacks are caused by shoveling snow. The cold temperature, moving your body. I didn't, I didn't know any of that. Um, not to say that that was the reasons why I had my heart attack. I think mine was a big buildup, but it was definitely, you know, I had the loaded gun and shoveling the snow was the trigger for sure, pulling the trigger. So here I am, takes me about an hour and a half to shovel the sidewalk, the drive, you know, all this good stuff. And it was a lot of snow. And so then I started to feel, and I had never had any chest pain whatsoever. It was just the arm pain. So I started to feel like I had maybe pulled a pectoral muscle or something. It was just very tight. I can't, I can't really say that it was chest pain. It just felt a tightness, a very tightness. And like I said, I thought I had pulled my muscles. So this is a Friday. I come in Saturday. I'm just, I'm feeling very tight, still not having any big symptoms, any big things. So I... Um, that night I couldn't sleep very well. It seemed like I had, um, a better time if I was like kind of sitting upright. So I slept in the recliner that night, kind of sitting upright. Sunday came and it was a lot worse. And, but again, there wasn't pain. It was just a lot of tightness, but I didn't have a headache. I didn't have jaw pain. I didn't have back pain. It was just a very weird feeling. And so I, I hemmed and hawed and hemmed and hawed. And I thought, you know, do I need to go to the doctor? Should I not go to the I don't I don't know. I will say, and it was definitely God and divine intervention 
getting a hold of this situation. And he spoke through my oldest daughter. And she says to me, Mom, I think you need to go to the hospital because it will be easier for me to tell my brother and sister that you just had to go to the doctor to get checked out, make sure you're okay, than if something really bad were to happen and you're to pass out on the bathroom floor and then I have to call 911. Boy, that is all it took for me to be like, yep, you're right. I mean, he, God was speaking through her definitely to get me to go to the hospital. So interestingly enough, I drive myself to the hospital and the whole way that I'm, I'm driving to the hospital was like 10 minutes. I'm thinking to myself, I bet they're going to tell me you crazy loony woman, you're, you're having an anxiety attack. It's with all the stress that's going on. Just go home, you know, take a bath, just go relax. You're, you're crazy. You're absolutely fine. And so the whole time I'm sitting in the waiting room and I'm just like, you know, they're going to make fun of me. What are you doing here? But I was like, no, let's just, let's just get checked out. So they bring me into the little triage room. And the first thing they do, you know, put the patches on, they hook me up, do an EKG. And the, the, the guy that did it, the, the nurse, he was um, fairly new and I could see his face had this very troubled look. He grabbed the paper He goes to get somebody else. They come rushing in and they kind of show me this paper. Now, I have a background as an EMT. I worked uh, 911 dispatch for many years, so I'm not a layman when it comes to medical terms. Um, But I had never seen the paper as the you see the lines that are going up and down. My lines were below the midline and I knew that wasn't good. But again, nobody's really telling me anything at this point. They grab me in a wheelchair, take me into another room. At this point, I have nine people kind of descend on me. They're getting me out of my clothes. They're getting, I've got two IVs trying to be hooked up into my arm. All of my belongings are being laid on my chest. And the only thing they tell me is you're going to the cath lab. And I'm still very coherent, very wide awake, very aware of what's happening. And the only thing I can think of is, did I just tell my kids goodbye for the very last time? Did I just tell my husband I love him for the very, like, it was so intense for me. And I'm sure that stress did not help or just, it didn't add, um, it didn't do me any favors. So I get into the cath lab, had a wonderful team, wonderful team, um, And again, they had given me, I believe it was fentanyl that I had um, inhaled through a little thing, some oxygen. I don't remember what they pushed through my IV because I was still awake. I could feel the pressure that they they had to kind of strap my arm down so they wouldn't move. Luckily, they did put the stints in radially, you know, through my wrist. And they did one stint that night. And she, the nurse, fabulous nurse, great bedside manner, grabs my phone and says, hey, I think you want to see the before and the after picture, talking about before and after pictures, right? So she ta- she helps me take a picture on the monitor of what it looked like before and what it looked like after. And I'll put these up on my um, account so you can kind of see what, what happened. But the first picture, the before picture, you can see the artery just kind of disappears like the blockage was that they said it was 98 percent blockage and then in the second picture you can see where it kind of reappears because blood is flowing back and forth in that 
So needless to say, it was extremely um, a massive, a massive cardiac arrest, like a massive heart attack. And I had no idea. And like I said, the whole way driving to the hospital, I'm thinking, they're going to tell me, you stupid lady, you're having an anxiety attack. And not that those are not serious, but it wasn't on the level that I thought it was going to be. I really didn't. Call it denial, call it stupidity, whatever. I just didn't think it was going to be this major event. So they kept me in the hospital. Cardiologist came in. Bunch of interns with him came on. And I know that's how the system goes, but it's very hard to kind of concentrate on what they're saying when there's a lot of busy stuff going on, at least for me. So the gist that I got was I was going to go back in the next day and they were going to place another stint. So I had to go back into the cath lab and do it again. And this time I was uh, obviously more scared, more aware, just because when it happened the first time, everything's happening so fast, you can't really wrap your head around it. Have it done again. So now I have two stints that were placed radially. Thankfully it was radially. Um, Yes, it was painful afterwards for a little bit, but I feel like, and I think that one of the nurses even mentioned, when they go through the groin to place the stints, it's much more painful. So luckily for me, it was through my wrist. I still have two little scars on my wrist because of it. And like I said, after that, I knew, I knew I had to pay attention and make very big changes. Um, Again, the doctor told me it wasn't because of high blood pressure. It wasn't because of high cholesterol. And they had chalked it up to uncontrolled blood blood sugars for a long time and stress. And that's why I want very much, I hope if any woman and anybody, anybody, anybody that has stress in your life, take it seriously. Do the things that you can do to get your mind in a better place to relieve that stress, to be, you know, concentrating on your breathing, even if it's while you're driving, even if it's while you're walking, whatever you can do, it is so important to do something with that stress because otherwise it just stays with you. And then another event happens and then there's stress compounded on top of that. And then another event and another, and it just, it's to where you have this giant snowball, you know, avalanche rolling down the hill and it's just, it's not good for you. I can't stress that enough. So whatever you can do to relieve that stress, whatever you can do to make it feel, you know, a little bit of the pressure is relieved, you know, like I said, I do the exercise. The exercise has a multifaceted benefit for myself, right? It, you know, blood pressure, exercise for, you know, just for my weight, keeping my blood sugars normal or, you know, at least lower. And the stress release that I feel when I do it. And I didn't always feel this way. I'm not, and I will be honest, working out was never at the forefront of my life. You know, I had, um, my, my family is very much into working out. And I was sort of the last one to kind of join in that because it was not something that I was ever into. Um, I have always done walking or running, but not in a intense way. Um, I did a Ragnar in 2019, which was probably one of the best things I had ever done, but that was probably the most running I had ever done in my life. Those of you who aren't familiar, the Ragnar is sort of a relay race and you take up different legs. And I think total, I had three different legs and I think total, I ran like 13 miles, um, which maybe more, maybe more, but it's something like that. It was three legs and different, um, 
terrain that you ran on and we had this team and it was actually one of the most fun things I'd ever done in my life. So glad I get to say that I did that. But that was the, those were little things that I had done. You know, I had always kept up with the kids. I had always done things with the kids, but it wasn't, you know, lifting weights was never on my radar ever, 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 ever. So now I avidly lift weights. It is, it feels good. And I can feel and tell in my body when I don't lift the weights, my body's like, Hey, I think, you know, we're missing something. What are we doing? So now it's almost like, I know I will feel better if I do it than when I don't do it. Even if I'm trying to cheat, even if I'm trying to be like, Oh, I just want to rest day. And again, I go back to my percentage, right? I will say, and this is the highest it's ever been for me, but 90% of my time is doing the healthy food, working out, making sure I'm doing the stress reliever. That 90%, 10%, and I need to close that gap. But, you know, I, what are those terms? You've got crunchy mom, soggy mom, uh, scrunchy mom, all these things, right? I'm sort of kind of dabbling all of them, right? I am very um, good right now on what we're eating and what the kids are eating and how we're eating it and those kinds of things. But I am not ashamed to say that sometimes there might be a night where we're just hanging out and we're going to order pizza. And I'm okay to say that. Now, again, it's not habit. It's not something we're doing every night. But you have to have balance in your life, right? If I were to stress myself out so much to make sure that I'm following it every single day, I know for me, I'm going to start resenting it. So to me, and especially for the kids, every once in a while, we're going to have that cheat. We're going to have that free day. And for me, I think that's okay. Again, however you guys are doing it, whatever works for you. I know some people I've heard say, you know, if I allow myself to cheat one day, then I'll never go back to what you're doing. And if you know that about yourself, that's great. But again, it has to come back to mindset, right? And let's just talk really quickly. You have motivation and you have self-discipline. And I will tell you from my experience, motivation only gets me so far. Yes, I'm motivated to be healthy. Yes, I'm motivated to stick around for my family. Don't want to go anywhere. And I certainly don't want to have another event that I had when I did. But self-discipline is what's going to carry you through those moments of, I just don't want to, or gosh, I can't, I just do it tomorrow. Self-discipline is those healthy habits that you're going to form as you continue to push yourself to do it. Those are necessary. Again, though, balance, everything in moderation. If you are out there stressing yourself out, oh my gosh, it didn't work out today. I'm gonna, I'm, and then you have these, you know, self words, you know, self, um, I don't want to say harm, but like words that are not good for your psyche because you feel guilty or you're trying to beat yourself up for it. That's not good for you either. So you need to make sure that you are balancing and having that good mindset and letting go of the guilt and the shame and whatever it is you might be carrying on. And again, be okay with being in the middle right now. I am, again, my goal, yes, my my long-term, short-term, I have those set is to get to that after picture. But I know I'm still a ways away from that. And I'm okay. And especially, I will say about carnivore or, uh, you know, animal-based is it is not to lose weight quickly. To what I have read and the research that I have done is the animal-based or carnivore, however you would choose to go, it heals you on a cellular level and then when you have healed the what you know the inside then you start to see the transformation on the outside right so i i think i need to be a little more specific when i say carnivore 
I do animal-based, um, which means I'm eating meat, sometimes fish, probably not a lot of chicken, and there's a reason for that that we'll get into uh, later. I'm doing fruit, seasonal fruit, and any other kind of fruit. I'm doing avocados, uh, tallow, um, ghee, raw milk, raw dairy, and then, um, you know, the um, honey. And honey is a really big part of what I'm doing. So some people call that carnivore, some people call that animal-based, whatever that is, and I hope people don't come at me because I've said the wrong thing, that's what I'm doing. And again, that's supposed to heal you on a cellular level, and then you'll start to see the benefits of the weight coming off. Because there have been a lot of people that I have read um, that they started carnivore, they were on carnivore for three months, and they gained weight. And I think... For everybody, again, it's different, but again, you're having to basically redefine everything that's going on in your body. And for me, especially at a cellular level, I need to heal. I need to make sure I get rid of the toxins, get rid of the bad stuff, and just give my body a whole different way of craving food and wanting to eat and the way that it processes. Now, I will say really quick, uh, because I do have um, a gluten sensitivity, which helps me not eat the bread. I know many of you out there are um, have celiac and all of that stuff, and so I know it's even harder to find foods for you to eat. And I will say, and again, I get no benefits or I'm not advertising this product. I'm just simply saying what I use. Um, it is hard for a lot of people to break down red meat. And I have read that it's something about the protein in the red meat that your digestive system can't quite break down and sometimes can lead to those um, to the red meat leaking out and so it causes really bad stomach issues and some people are saying oh I'm intolerant to meat I can't do it number one I totally want you to respect and do for your body what you need to do but for me there's actually this enzyme that I take it's uh, from hum h-u-m it's called flatter me and it, I actually take it as more of like a, um, a reduced bloating type thing, but it does talk about how it contains the digestive enzymes that will help you break down the proteins, fats, carbs, and fiber, even the milk and sugar that that you, we, we take in, it will help break that down so you might have a little easier time with these items. Again, that is just me. I don't get any money, any proceeds from any of this. It's just one of the uh, items that I'm telling you that I use that has helped me. And again, I don't have a red meat sensitivity, so maybe for me it works a little better. Again, for those of you that do, reach out, tell me what you do, tell me you know what's going on, and I want I want to know about it. Um, but I do know that um, on the carnivore websites that I follow, a lot of these people, this is how I found it, a lot of these people do use this flatter me. And again, I get no money. I'm not advertising it, just telling you what I do for me. So anyway, as I go through this journey with you, um, I hope that again, you will reach out, talk to me about what's going on. If you're like, you know, no, I don't agree with you on this whatsoever this is crap. I don't, you know, I don't know what you're trying to tell people. Just talk. Let's talk about it. Let's have a dialogue about it. Um, I, I just, again, my goal, my hope is if just one person is listening to this and it reaches them and they take it seriously to take care of themselves, then I have a win. And that's all I want to do. I want to help support, uplift, 
do all of those things because I am incredibly passionate about not only healing myself, but finding others who are on the same journey. Look, I don't have any expertise in this. This is strictly trial and error for me. I want to be a part of a community that is talking about this and let's learn about it together. And hey, I tried this. Sarah, why don't you do this? Please, I anything that will help any of us along our healing journey is what I'm looking for. So again, I'm so glad that I'm able to share this stuff with you. You know, putting myself out there has been a little bit difficult. Uh, I know you probably can't tell because it seems like I like to talk and I do. <laughs> but um, I really just, my whole intent is to find strength through the mess, help people, support people, and just have a fun time doing it. So again, I thank you for listening. Um, this episode should drop on Wednesday. Uh, all my episodes should drop on Wednesdays. I don't have a set time for them, but it's definitely on a Wednesday. Um, I do have some really great interviews coming up. I hope you will tune back in to listen to those. I am going to put up another poll, but I probably won't use Spotify. I'm going to put it up on my Instagram. So if you want to participate in the poll, please go over there and do that. Um, and just, again, reach out. I'd love to hear your emails. Everything's messy at gmail.com. Like, follow, subscribe, and let's have a messy time. Thank you.